All right, here we go. Another episode of Valley's Podcast. Joined with me, as always, is... Mike Freeman. That's right. And I am Andrew Wynn. I'm not sure if we ever need to introduce ourselves, uh, but you know what? Professional podcasts do. And so that's what we do. So how you doing, Mike? I'm having a good morning. Are you? Yeah. Are you doing well in this cold weather we've had? It is getting chilly, but it, it's beautiful. I love the fall. I, I do love the fall. I don't like how cold it's been, but uh, it's a beautiful time of year. So that's cool. These, uh, these are some good times here at Valley. These are some very good times. Last night, we had our second meeting for for children on Wednesdays. We're going to have our official launch actually next week. Mm-hmm. Probably, I should probably let parents know. You've today. been practicing the last two weeks? We have been practicing. And I'm, I'm just excited to share that because we've been doing a lot of things. I think last week when we recorded, I shared that we were going to do a family Friday. Mm-hmm. That went so well. So well. We enjoyed it. Oh, good. Did you, <laughs> did you guys enjoy that? Of course. Okay. I, I had asked you guys if... On, on air, if two hours was was good enough for a date, you said no. And I thought about, like, man, should we extend this? And I'll tell you what, man, hanging out with those kids, two hours flew by so fast. Did it really? It, it did. I was like, man, I planned all this stuff, and we're not going to be able to hit any of it. Them taking the time to eat took forever as well, too. Mm-hmm. And all the games, man, those kids loved it. They loved it so much that there's this weird expectation that we're doing it every Friday. That doesn't seem weird to me. That seems like a great idea. It does seem like a great <laughs> idea, but we're going to grow into it. But I've had families no, no, who are no. like, yeah, we're meeting next week. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no. We're, I, I love your kids, but we're just rolling into this slowly. So yeah. the next one's going to be at the end of October. That's perfect. That's really good, man. But that's what I want, right? I want kids to be excited to come back, you know? So that's, that's been good. But then now we're, we're launching this Wednesday thing. So that's good. Good things are happening at Valley. Along with good things, I kind of want to talk about life groups, man. How mm-hmm. you're a life group leader, I'm a life group leader. We've launched, we we have been really pushing life groups this this quarter. Yeah, we have 18 different groups. 18, okay, yeah. So how how's your group going? What is what is your group? What are you going over? When do you guys? Yeah, meet? so our, our group is really aimed at discipleship based on sermon content. And so when we, you know, you have the weekend sermon, everyone listens to that. And then we come and we basically just work through the application, uh, you know, understanding it, and then walking out the application and there's a, it's, it's a pretty great group, man. That's awesome. I think what I like about that is that instead of taking the time to every week, learn, like walk with me through this idea, I guess. If you come on a Sunday or on a weekend, you'll learn something on the weekend. Maybe you're convicted about it. But then if you went to a different Bible study later in the week and you learn something new, then you're convicted about something else. Then you go to like a midweek Bible study again, because we, some people do that. You mm-hmm. learn something new and you're convicted again. There's never really that time to live out a conviction. You just feel like a, a turd, I guess. Like Hopefully some of those things you go to, you're, you're encouraged also. And right, right, you're, right. You're equipped also. And I just want people to repent, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool. I like the idea that maybe uh, you go to a sermon or a series, or a message, you hear something, and maybe you have questions about it. Like You don't necessarily agree with it. Uh, or maybe you just don't understand it. Or there is a conviction and you just need support around it. Absolutely. There's actually great. There, there's a, there's always a few questions from mm-hmm. the sermon. You know, we've got two weeks, but there's always a few, one gal, she, she loves to, you know, kind of somewhere in the, the course of it, say she pulls out her notebook and says, I've got a few questions and she's written them down and she's ready and she's thinking. And it, I love that because it shows that people are processing right. what they're hearing and they're taking it to that next level. That has to be encouraging as a speaker to know that people are taking notes, engaging and thinking through what we're, what's being shared. So yeah. 
And then it really drives home the application, right? Because, you know, it's pretty easy on a weekend to hear something and and maybe sense that conviction or that encouragement and then just kind of go on with life without actually putting it into practice. And so our group, we, we try to really nail down, like, what is it, what is going to change now? What's going to be different? What are we going to, how are we going to walk in the spirit this week because of what we've heard? That's, that's pretty cool. Last week you talked about church. Actually, didn't we talk, you talk about church membership last week? What did we talk about last week? I don't remember. This last weekend? Yeah. It was leadership. Leadership. Okay. I'm sorry. And that rolled into some discussions about leadership for you guys. And that's, that's a hot button topic at times. Yeah. But uh, mainly because people just don't like the idea of submitting to another person in yeah. general. Right. Right. But there's a lot of trust there and there's a lot of responsibility. And I think that's cool to clear that up. So yeah. it was really interesting. The group this week, I would, I, my takeaway from our group conversation is people are eager to follow good leaders, trustworthy leaders, godly leaders. They, they're eager to follow if they can really trust someone. Right. And I think that's the rub is we've got a, a world where so many people are, they're hard to trust or they're, right. they're, they're not transparent or we don't really know what their motives are. And I think that's why we got to just work hard to be clear about, Hey, the scripture is the guidebook. That's what we're leading toward. And people respond to that. Well, kind of on topic, actually, now, now that I think about the, the message, we, we, you and I had a conversation about this on Monday. And what I liked about that message is that it also, it, it gives people who are looking for leaders a template of what to be looking for and how to respond to leaders. But it also, for those of us who are in leadership, whether it's recognized or you're just naturally a leader, it's a call to remember that this is a responsibility. This yeah. is not a privilege that you don't, we don't lord over other people that we're called to a higher standard so that we can be the people that, that, that they can lead and lead well and earn trust. Absolutely. You know what? I had probably four or five different elders or deacons come up to me after this weekend saying something about how humbled they were by the message and how challenged and how encouraged, like I didn't preach it to them, but I think that it's cool to see that our leaders, they hear the message in such a way that they feel challenged and that they want to grow. They want to be a godly kind of leader. And that, that was really encouraging. Yeah, that would be good. Cause it'd be, it'd be pretty bad if someone like within leadership heard the message and was like, Oh yeah, I'm all that. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there, Mike. Thank you for letting everyone know yeah. that they need to listen to me. Right. <laughs> I, I didn't get any of that verbally. I, I don't think there any, is any of that in our, yeah. in our leadership team. I really hope not. So so, yeah, dude, my life group, I'm excited for it. We are doing the gospel project. Um, we're teaming up with Stephen Hall. So we actually have two life groups that are going through the gospel project. Right. I think we've talked about this where it's, we're, we're kind of going family based. So there are opportunities for parents to go through the gospel project. The kids are also learning the gospel project curriculum so that families can go and discuss it together. But what I've loved about it is that it goes through each book of the Bible right now we're in first Kings and every lesson there's this, this, they call it the Christ connection. And it's always, it's always pointing the story or the, the narrative that we're looking at is always pointing it back to the gospel and back to Christ. And it's starting to open people's eyes to, you know, archetypes in the old Testament and how it always points to Jesus, how Jesus is the, the better prophet, better than Elijah yeah, 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 yeah. and all these things. And so they're not, cause the Bible's not these isolated stories, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's one big narrative and sometimes you can get lost in the weeds and man, people are, People are engaged. Uh, they're talking, they're sharing, they're opening up and it's, it's been exciting. It's cool when those connections happen in someone in their heart and in their mind and it makes them fall in love with Jesus even more and oh, yeah. get more excited about their faith. And, and it's like that confirmation of the faith. Like this is, 
there is this giant plan that God's been working out since eternity passed and, right. and it's all to glorify him. What's been amazing <clears throat> is that I have at least one person. I may, I haven't had a conversation yet with another person, but I'm, I would, I can safely say at least one person who's not a believer, but this is, they are excited to kind of hear, listen and sort through what they're hearing and they feel comfortable there. They feel like it's a safe place for them to question things. And, and that's been so good. This actually feels like what church is. And I, I say this all the time. Church isn't the service you attend. It's the community you plug into. That's, that's just my mantra that I've, I've said over, over here within the context of the gospel, within the context of the gospel. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see, I see those looks. I love to give you looks while you're I talking, know, yeah. man. And, uh, Mike just always dropping the hammer with his eyes on me. And <laughs> but, uh. I love that. I love that the people are coming and we're connecting because I think I shared this in a VIP meeting that without these life group ministries with us, this, this communal aspect of, of fellowship, then every area of ministry that we serve in, it's, it's a job. It's like the soulless job that for, for a higher, it might as well be like a, some sort of basic philanthropy effort. It's a club. Yeah. Right. Social club. Yeah. So with that said, I'd actually, if you're a listener and you're thinking to yourself, mm, I want to get me some of that community, you can actually sign up. For <laughs> I'm imagining there's no one listening that says, mm, I want to give me some community. Maybe there there's, no one, there's no one thinking that, man. <laughs> if there is, I'd like to meet you. Let me know. Hit me up. <laughs> All right. For, for the average person who goes, huh. I'd like, I'd like to get plugged in a little oh more. Lord, have How's mercy. That? <laughs> that's my, that's my impression of a normal person. Oh, huh, I'm a normal person who's just looking to get plugged in. That's the voice I use for that. But, uh, if, if you're that person, uh, vcflongview.org, I've just added a place, an area where you can finally kind of look at the life groups that we currently offer. And as of, from what I understand right now, actually all of our life groups are still open for enrollment. So vcflongview.org, you'll look at the navigation bar at the top of the webpage. You'll see a button that says more. You can hover over that. And then uh, I think there's, it says inside Valley, click on that. Then you'll see some events that are coming up that you can register for to let us know that you're coming to it. Or there is the life group section where you can click and peruse through all the current life groups and get plugged in. So yeah, that's a, this is a small plug for today. That's good. Yeah. So Mike, this is actually a good launching point. That's a, that's a sermon series you did once. We launching did. point. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, you've been talking about church leadership because we're kind of going through a series on kind of Valley's membership. Yeah. Or explaining what Valley's all about and stuff. And today's topic actually it coinciding with this happens to be part of Mark Deaver and his writing on the nine marks. Uh, Nicely done. Thank you. Church membership, what it is, right? A healthy church has and promotes health, or sorry, church membership, correct? Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. that's the hypothesis here. Right. Yeah. So, Mike, what does it mean to be a member of a church? Why? I mean, we're going to dive into this because like, why, why is it so important that we identify with the church as opposed to just attend a church? Right. You know, you that's, know that's a good question, I think. And, and this is, this is a... Uh, this is a, a topic that a lot of people struggle with. 
And so even preaching on this and, and talking through what, what does it look like to be a healthy church? And then what does it look like to have a, a church membership that aligns with the scripture? That's the challenge because people don't necessarily, they want, they want their autonomy yeah. and membership a lot of times is about community instead of autonomy and accountability. Um, but I think we should back up a little bit. And I, I like doing this the last few weeks is just the, the broad context of this and, and how it all connects together. Right. Yeah. yeah let's and so that. the very first week we talked about expository preaching. And so the word of God really is what guides us and preaching the word of God accurately, faithfully, contextually. That is the, the, the first mark of a healthy church because all the other marks are rooted in scripture. Right. And so we want to have a, a great understanding of that. That flows into a, a biblical theology, kind of like what you're talking about with the gospel project. And so if we understand the, the golden thread that ties all of scripture together with Jesus being the center, right? That's, that's how we understand all of scripture together. And we build our theology out of that. That means we have to have a proper understanding of the gospel. Mark number three, mark number four, then, okay. If we understand the gospel, we have to understand biblical conversion. And then last week we talked about, okay, well, if we understand conversion, we want people to know Christ and that's mark number five, which is evangelism, right? Right. We talked about that. We and, talked about it last week. And so now, okay. So we understand people are converted to the faith. They, they are regenerated by the Holy spirit when they trust in Christ, right? Like this, this moment of salvation. And then we start to share with others. Well, what starts to happen is a community starts to form and that community then is the church, right? The people of God called to be saved and, and become like Christ, right? Mm -hmm. This, this is the church. Right. And so then, okay, well, what does it look like to be a member of the church and why would we want to be a member of the church? So I'd like to point something out in that in instance, if you are faithfully, faithfully a part of what God is doing, right? If you're a part of his biblical teaching in your sharing with others, you can't help but be a part of a church. You know, those people who are always like, oh, I can worship God on my own. I don't need anyone else. I, that's kind of true. And that's kind of not true, but really it's not true at all. Because if you're worshiping God and you are praising his name and you're sharing with him, you're eventually going to meet people or maybe you, you might be a part of someone being coming to know the Lord. And now they're kind of your responsibility. And that, a church just started. Right. Kind of. Right. And then even in that, like the New Testament is full of commands that can only be obeyed in the context of, of being part of a church. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So all of the one another's to love and to encourage, to rebuke one another, to teach one another, to instruct one another. All of those are within the context of church. Yeah. And you take that even a, a level further, right? The, the new Testament actually teaches that Christians are to obey and submit to their elders. Right. Right. And so the, the church context has leadership and church leader. This is one of the next marks, but church leadership. Yeah. We'll come that jump you, on that you live in, in a, a God glorifying relationship with, and the same thing is true for the elders, right? The right. elders, they, they have a responsibility for those who are members of their church, not members of, you know, the church, and uh, right. the next state over, or even the next town over. So. Right. And now I, and I get it. I think this is why we're going to talk about healthy church membership, because there are unhealthy levels of church membership or un, unhealthy versions of it. And that's honestly to give people the benefit of the doubt. They probably have experienced these negative forms of church membership. And that's why they're really turned off to the idea of being a member of a church. Right. Some people abuse their leadership. Actually, I would probably say that's probably the number one thing and probably the, you could probably, that's the silver line between all bad experiences yeah. is abuse of leadership. Bad leadership. Yeah, absolutely. And ju just in general. But assuming that leadership is healthy, that it's following God, that it's God fearing, God honoring. Um, 
I'd like to know, I guess we'll go, we'll go through it. Like what is then healthy church membership? So right. I guess the first question then is what is church membership? Yeah. So membership is, is when you are committed to a local expression of the church, right? And so the church, the people that have been defined by the gospel, and so that collection of people defined by the gospel, that is meant to be, this is the line I love, this is our series title, The Gospel Made Visible, right? I found that in a different book by Mark Dever, and he says the church is the gospel made visible. So the people of God, when they commit to each other, when they obey the scripture in community, then the outside world, they get to look at us and they get to say, that is a picture of Jesus and his death and resurrection in action in front of my very eyes. Right. That's what the church is. And that that's built on this, this mutual commitment, this idea that we are actually part of something together. Right. Right. So the scripture talks about this in lots of different ways. Like one of the ways is it talks about us being a body and as a body, we have different members, but you know, Romans talks about how we're members of one another, like literally of one another. We, we, we are part of this together. You and I, we're members of each other. We have a, a commitment and a responsibility and a loyalty to each other because of that. One thing I, this is kind of extra biblical, but the, the image that I like to use or the words I like to use for community, the community that's built on the gospel is that this is our tribe. This is our people that we that we are committed to, that we are for. And because oftentimes when, when I say the word community, sometimes people think of things differently. They think of like the community of Longview, right? Geographically, we're just, you know, we're all part of the same neighborhood and let's just make our neighborhood look nice or our city be cleaner and all these things, which is a form of community. But we're talking about like something deeper or we're getting into the lives and loving and supporting one another. That to me is a tribe. That's a tribe of people that we are living life with. And that's, that's what you're saying, right? Is that we're, we're getting to the point that this, because of the gospel, we're committed to each other in that. And you said a local expression of, of the believers. So what, what do you want to kind of draw a line between like the universal church and the local church? Right. So the moment you come to faith, the moment someone puts their faith in Jesus, they, they are, they're brought into what's called the universal church. This is those who have been Christians throughout time, regardless of the geography, right? They're, they're right. believers. So every, every believer, every regenerate believer is part of the universal church, right? Yes. But that's an incomplete expression. There, there's actually a, a local church as well. And that's the expression we're talking about here. That's the, the picture you see in uh, Ephesians chapter two. I shared this a few weeks ago in one of the messages when we were talking about the tension that exists between, okay, I'm, I'm part of the universal church, but do I actually want to be part of the local church? It says, verse 18, it says, for through him, we both Jews and Gentiles have access in one spirit to the father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, old Testament, new Testament writing Christ, Jesus himself being the cornerstone. And then it says in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. This is a universal church. But then the very next verse is Paul's talking to this local expression of the, of the believers in Ephesus. He says in him, you also, you, the local expression of this church, you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit. He says one verse, we're all part of this together, universal church. And then he turns to this local church. He says, and you also are being built into something. That's what God's doing in the local church today. Yeah. So we've talked about what church membership is. I have a question for you then. Uh, and that would be, what is a church member? 
to illustrate, I guess, this question, years ago, I had someone who was serving at the Electric Bean who was not a Christian. And one day I was working on the church website at the time and I was filling out like what it means to be part of the church. And I wrote something about, like, you know, we are the churches, a gathering of people who all recognize our need for, for Jesus and the gospel, something, something churchy in, in that. And when this person read the definition that I wrote, they said, I don't agree with that. And I asked this person, well, what, what do you, what do you not agree with? And they said, well, I go to this church. I'm a member of this church, but I don't need Jesus. I just, I just want to be a part of what's all the good things that we're doing. And I said, well, by definition, then you're actually not part of the church. And they said, well, why are you excluding me? Can you kind of jump into that? Cause you know what I mean? Like that's, what are your thoughts on that? Because what is a church member? Is it someone yeah. who just attends the church? Yeah, they were jamming you a little bit because the reality is you're not the one excluding anyone. Correct. You're actually the one inviting them. Hey, come. Yeah. Come be part of this. And, and people can come to a service. They can come to a life group. They can be part of aspects of the life of the church without being a, a member, without being a believer. Right. That, that literally that we want that. Like I, I right. want people who don't know Christ to come to the church and to see the church and to hear the gospel. But what the church, those who are members actually are, they are born again believers. They have trusted in Jesus as savior. They have the spirit of God dwelling in them. That's what makes them a part of the universal church. And then it qualifies them for being part of the, the local expression of the church. Right. And that's, that's what I would say. That's what I, that's what I talked to this person about. And that kind of does push back on the idea that some people feel that they can be a quote unquote member of a church just by simply attending and going to all the functions and activities. So let's, I think we're defining something higher is when we openly say, no, this is my church. This is the people that I'm with, I stand with. And that there's a level of commitment there and there is a level of formality. So how, how does someone become a member of a church? Let's say they're already a Christian, right? Right. Cause then they're already part of the universal church. So I guess it's a twofold question. How does someone become a recognized member of a local church, a local expression of the body? And then why should they, why should they say, why should they make this, this formal declaration of this is my local yeah. body? And so I can speak to Valley and, and a lot of, I guess, churches that are similar to Valley who, yeah. who really try to say, what does the scripture teach about this? We would say that, that baptism is, is part of it because baptism right. is a, an outward symbol of an inward belief saying, I, I believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so mm-hmm. this is saying, first of all, that I, I have trusted in the gospel. That's the, that's the key component. Number one of church membership is we are on the same page when it comes to Jesus and his death and resurrection. Right. Now in Valley, we have a membership class and we, in that class, we say, okay, so you need to know if you're going to be a member here, a, what our theology is. Right. And so we line out not just the gospel, but our beliefs about the Bible being the inerrant word of God. We believe this triune nature of, of God. We talk about salvation is through faith in Jesus Christ alone. We make that really clear. We talk about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We talk about the some of the aspects of, of the local church and what it actually means. Some of what we're talking about here today. And so those are, those are our core beliefs. Then we talk about leadership. And I was like this last weekend's message. We say, you know, we, we are in, we are led by a plurality of elders. We talk about the deacons and their role, the, our staff and their role, the life group leaders and their role, and just how every member, every person is part of the ministry. And so it's not just leaders do ministry and no one else does. No, every member has a role. And so we, we clarify that. We talk about how we deal with sin. We talk about how we deal with uh, our vision and our mission and what we're trying to do as a church and, and the nuance of that. 
Um, and then we, we landed a spot that says, okay, at Valley, if you're a member here, you, that means you have certain rights and responsibilities, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what are those? Okay. So you answer the question, um, you answer the question, how someone becomes a member. So what about why, why be formal though? Because of the, these responsibilities you're talking about, I can think of like me wanting to, to, to speak into someone's life and to be there and support them. If they, you know, if they're moving, I'll show up and I'll, I'll do all these things. Like, why is it so important that I formally say something as opposed to like, why can't I just show up and just do be part of a life group and be there when someone is hurt and sick, I can bring them soup or while why, why, why have this formal declaration? Yeah. So lots of reasons. One is alignment Two, you know, well, one is alignment because we want to make sure we are aligned. Right. And there is something different between saying, Hey, I show up when, you know, I feel like it and I'm part of this church versus saying I commit to this body. Mm-hmm. I am in it with you. We're going to, we're going to serve Jesus together side by side. That's part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, part of it is, is trying to understand as a church, how we fulfill the picture of, of being the church in the new Testament. And so the committed, like formal church membership, that's where people have struggled because it doesn't say in the scripture, like here's the process for formal church membership, right? but it paints this picture of all the things that we need to accomplish. And so that's why we lay some formality on it because we want to formally say, this is what we're aiming at. This is what we're trying to do together. And so we want to be clear as leadership. And then we also want the church to be clear to say, I, I'm in or I'm not right. It's, it's tough to lead a church where people are not committed Yeah, where people are saying, yeah, as, as long as, you know, uh, I, I can do what I want, then, I, then I'm part of it versus saying I'm committed to seeing this through to serving, sacrificing, being part of this mission and, and really seeing the gospel touch right. my community in the world. Right. Yeah. And I, I agree with you because when we say, when we make these formal statements or when we drive a stake into the ground and say, this is where I'm at, it puts people at ease and lets them know what you're saying is you can count on me. It'd be like, well, it's kind of like dating and never putting a ring on it. Right. But like, well, we're here, we've been together. We've been doing all these things. But when you finally do something formal and put a ring on it, you're saying like, I am committed. Yeah. And people can rest assured in that. <laughs> Actually in the transition that when, when you were, when Lance was leaving and you were coming on, people were freaking out and people kept asking me like, Andrew, are you leaving doing anything, whatever? And I had to formally say, I'm not going anywhere. And that put a lot of people to ease at ease. And so there's something about making these formal statements to let people know like you can count on me. And that, I mean, this series we're in right now, as we've talked about, here's what we actually believe. Here's how we're actually structured. This is what our leadership really looks like. I had so many people come and just say, I really appreciate the transparency. I really appreciate actually knowing who Valley is and has actually increased their confidence in Valley and their commitment to it. Right. Right. And that's the way it's supposed to be. You talk about putting a ring on it, right? You you flip it around. Well, the church, one of the pictures in the scriptures, the church is the bride of Christ. Yeah. Right. And so people, they want the spirituality where they're like, Oh, I love Jesus, but not the church. And, And what are they really saying there? They're saying, Jesus, I love you, but not, not what you love. I love you, but not the way you work. That's like, you know, Andrew, if you and I were going to hang out and I said, Hey, Jess is going to be there. And you're like, you know, Mike, I want to hang out with you, but I really don't want to hang out with your wife. In that moment, we would have a conversation. I'd say, Hey man, that's, that's fine. But you probably should find someone else to hang out with because like, I love my wife. And if you want to come hang out with me, but you don't like my wife or you don't want to be around her, then you and I, we probably aren't going to have a very good relationship. Correct. I'll tolerate you. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to invite you over to my house. If you're going to make a scene. Or if right. you don't want to be there, if my wife's there and you don't want to be there. Yeah. Right. And that's what people say when they say, I, I, I don't want to be part of the church or I don't want to commit to the church. That's like saying, Jesus, I love you, but not your bride. Yikes. Yeah. And, and bear in mind, I, I, I would speak to the listener who has had bad church experiences and keeps thinking about, 
yeah, but yeah, but again, we outlined leadership. I think there's a, there's issues with leadership and we're going to, we're going to hit that. Is that next yeah. week that we're going to, I think, I think it might be. Yeah. And so like, I, I don't, I don't want to venture down this road and sound like we're not very compassionate to people who have had bad experiences, but in an ideal world, right? If as, again, we were saying, assuming that leadership is godly and doing everything that needs to be doing to follow the Lord, like you should, I, I would encourage, and I hope that you would feel excited to be a part of a healthy church. And it, on, on, there's a part of me that wants to say, and I'll just say it actually, that if you find a healthy church, but you are saying, I don't want to be a part of it. Like I want to, I want all the benefits but not all the, the responsibilities or the formal responsibilities that kind of reveals rebelliousness. Yeah. That, in that, your own that's heart. the opposite of the character of Christ, right? Yeah. Cause Jesus is the one who didn't cling to his rights, right? He, he let go of them. And so right. you think about rights and obligations, right? Well, Jesus has all the rights in the world. He has the right of glory. And as Christians, we follow him in his letting go of his rights. And then the flip side of that is if you're saying, well, I just want all of the you know, I want all the rights and I don't want any of the obligations. That's actually not walking in the character of Jesus Christ, not walking in who he is. And, and I would actually echo what you said about those who have been hurt by the church and just really lay it out there. Like there's no such thing as a perfect church, right? There's no such thing as a perfect church leader outside of Jesus Christ. And so that said, there are times where we, we mess up or we stumble or we bump into each other the wrong way. And that's actually the opportunity we have within the church to, to show grace to show forgiveness, to, to be reconciled with people. Like that's, that's the reality. We, we, we try our best, but we'll mess up. And the real measure is how do we respond when we do mess up? Right. Are, are we going to hate or are we going to love and forgive? Yeah. That's powerful. So we've talked about what church membership is, what a church member, what a church member is. Have we talked, have we touched about like the real benefits of being a part of a church? Like officially saying like, this is my church. Have we talked about that yet? I, I don't remember. I don't think so. I think, I think those are the actual communal parts. When, when people are like, man, I'm lonely and I want to be a part of something. I think that's when you start to roll into some real genuine life change and, and, and movement in someone's life. Because when you're committing a life to someone, to an end, and I guess a, a group of people, we're also saying we're committing to you as well. And that's, that is a responsibility. I think mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a call for everyone who identifies, for us as, as Valley, to remember that we're committed to each other. So when we hurt, when we have need, we need to commit to one another to be there for one another. Uh, that's taking our commitment to the body seriously. And I think that's what we're getting at, is that this, these formal declarations are meant to be taken seriously. Because without these, then, then yeah. Then, of course, there, I guess there wouldn't really be a point to formally de- declaring something, but we are different. We want, we want what Christ has for us through mm-hmm. the actual body of Christ. Yeah. So thinking about benefits, you think about Jesus's image of, of a shepherd and sheep. And he talks about church leaders being shepherds and sheep being under the care. And so when you become a church member, you actually place yourself under the care of shepherds who it's their job to be accountable before God for the caring of their, your soul. So you think about that as, as a benefit. That means you know in the hard times, in, in the tragic times, in the moments of difficulty, in the moments of loss, you actually have a church behind you that says we are for you, we are with you, you are not alone, we will not give up on you, you will not fall through the cracks, you will not, you will, basically you will, you will not fail, right? You will not lose in the big picture because you've, you've got 
a team behind you that's going to support you. I think that is a huge benefit. That is a benefit. And actually, I, I was just thinking from the perspective of being a shepherd, there are times in ministry where someone's needs are pitted against someone else's needs. And I have to ask myself, who am I going to go connect with right now? Who's going to be a priority? And the truth is I'm going to prioritize a member of Valley before I prioritize anyone outside of Valley because they are my, my people. That's my family. That's my tribe. And when, when someone says I'm, I'm officially part of this church, then it lets me know like, all right, we're in this together. But if you're not, if you're kind of like church hopping, it, it makes me wonder, I'm like, okay, who, who is responsible for you? Yeah. Am I responsible for you? Because if I'm not, I, there are other people I am responsible for that I need to minister to them. I need to care for them. I need to be open with them before I minister, even if I, maybe I might not, I might not even yeah. get around to it. Yep. So, so I'll pick up on that because I know your heart and I know your love for the community and people outside of the church. And, you know, we know Jesus' story of leaving the 99 sheep to go after the one and that's you. I've seen you do that. Um, yet when it comes to people who kind of play the church game, I've actually been on the phone with people that have said, hey, I need this from you or they, they call Valley for a request and I know they, they jump around to other churches and say, well, what is your home church? And they'll tell me, oh, this other church. And I say, well, you actually need to be going there for those needs and for those right. cares. Not that I don't love you. Not that I hate on you. Like I love you and I want the best for you, but you're part of a church family. You need to go get that care in a church family. And if you never commit to the church family, then there's just this question mark. Like, are you in, are you out? Do you want our care? Do you not want our care? Are we bugging you? Like, it's kind of a tension versus just being really clear saying, this is my family I'm in and I know you got my back and I got your back. Exactly. And actually what I appreciate about the transparency and talking through church membership is it helps us. What is it? I used to say in high school when like when a guy and a girl are just hanging out and you don't really know what it is yet. DTR, right? Define the relationship yeah. and you got to have that talk because you're like, when you're in that weird, like, what, what, what are we? What and you're dancing around it? There's a lot of awkwardness there. There's yep. a lot of awkwardness. <clears throat> But for us as members, when you when we are open to like this is what it means to be a member, and if you do this, this is how we'll care for you. Those are clear expectations that you should be able to bank on. Yeah, I think about another benefit from you know I think about the teams that I've coached in baseball and softball, and I've coached teams that have really been at odds with each other. There's been a lot of infighting, and and everyone kind of wants to do their own thing. And I've coached teams where everyone is unified and they love each other and they're excited to play together, and it's just night and day experience, the success level of the teams that are unified, that are committed to each other, they make progress. They, they have an amazing season. Whereas the teams that there's fights in the dugout or there's yelling or there's bickering. I'll tell you what, man, those teams, they, they struggle on the field. They struggle to get any traction. And I think it's exactly the same in terms of the benefit of being part of the church. Like when you commit to the church, you're committing to this vision and this mission of making disciples together and there, there is a power in that kind of partnership and that kind of fellowship that actually means we get things done. We actually, God uses us for the purposes of building his kingdom versus the, you know, doing our own thing and just kind of like these, right. these makeshift like attempts of that never really come to fruition. Actually, so speaking about our own efforts, this, there's an illustration that I just used with my life group this last week. I got, I got it from this book uh, about discipleship. And speaking about honor and glory, the question was, was posed, would you rather have a small speaking part on a Broadway play where you get like maybe two lines, or would you like to headline and be the main character of a play that's hosted in your garage? 
And the right answer, <laughs> the right answer that you're supposed to say, because my life group, I, I didn't pose it right, is you're, you're supposed to say, oh man, I would rather be, have a small part on a Broadway play because you're making a larger impact. You're part of something. And even though you're not the headliner, you're still a part of something glorious, something amazing, something that's, that's being seen and impacting culture. And that's, that's what church membership is. And I think sometimes when we want to just go it alone and say like, well, I can win people to the Christ or I'm going to go do my own thing or I'm going to do all this. Sure. But when, but we can get more done together when we, when we collaborate and we're in the ministry together. And I, I just felt like I needed to share that because there are people who, who are like, well, I'm just going to go do my own thing then. I'm just going to do whatever. Well, number one, you're just, you're, now you're starting a church <laughs> is what you're doing. If you're mm-hmm. really faithfully living that out. But number two, like there's a possibility that your, your, your ego is bigger than, than your calling. Yeah. I was actually going to say, you know, that's a great illustration because in the reality is Jesus is the headliner. Yeah. Right. And we have a hard time committing to the things of God and to, to the church of Christ. Right. You know what we're doing? We're saying in that moment, like, uh, I'm actually the hero of my life. I am, I am the center stage of my life instead of Jesus, Mm -hmm. which let's just be really clear. If you, if you are in Christ, you are no longer the hero of your life. You are no longer the savior. You are no longer the one that it's all about. It is all about Jesus Christ. And so when we commit to the church, we're committing to together making much of Jesus instead of much of self. Right. So Mike, we have talked a lot about church membership. Uh, I would encourage that if there's a listener outside of Valley that's listening to this and you're not a member of your church, man, I would talk to your pastors, talk to your elders, talk to the office to figure out how, how then could, should you be a member? But for us, Mike, locally here in, in Longview, here at Valley, if someone's listening right now and they're like, man, you know what? I want to be a member of Valley. What are the steps that need to happen in order for that to happen? Yeah. So the, the typical steps are, you, you know, you, you come to a membership class. And you say, Hey, I want to be a member that we actually have an application that just kind of talks about our beliefs and things like that. And then you'll sit down with a a staff member or an elder and we'll just talk with you and, you know, we'll, we'll ask you about the gospel. We'll ask you where you are at with the Lord. We'll make sure that you, you've trusted Christ as savior. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about things like baptism and all that. And and then you you get an opportunity to join. And so you you make some commitments. Uh, It's, you know, we, we try not to make a big deal about like, you know, we don't bring you up on the stage. We usually show a picture of someone right, right now. We're in a series on membership in a, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, um, we're actually going to give a, a membership like guide that basically is our membership class, but the cliff mm-hmm. notes and says, here's who we are. Here's what we believe. Here's how we operate. Here's where we're going. And, uh, and so at the end of this series, we're going to give people an opportunity to kind of to join or to rejoin right. and to recommit. And so that's going to be pretty exciting. I think that's important to, to bring up right now. If there are people listening who attend here at Valley, they should probably know that we haven't, we haven't redone our church membership, but we have clarified a lot of things of what it means to be a member here at Valley. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you join the church and you went through the membership stuff within the, for at least I've been here for six, seven years. So the first maybe five years, if you were a member here, We've actually expanded on that a lot and just really clarified some things. I would encourage people to either attend that membership class or watch these, these the sermons that we've been putting up because we've been going through it just so that you really understand, like, what does it really mean now in this new, this new chapter of Valley, what it really means to be a member here at this church? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, and then at the end of that, there, there's that, that interview 
which is really just like a cup of coffee with an elder or a, a right. pastor staff member that just lets you know that you're cared for. that lets you know that someone sees you and that they're, they're for you. It gives you that connection to the leadership, to the shepherds in a really healthy way. Yeah. yeah. Mike, I think we've uh, reached the logical conclusion of this discussion. Uh, unless there's something else that you'd like to share. I, I like last week that we ended with prayer, that we end, we prayed for the people who have been listening, prayed for the people who, right, honestly, maybe God stirred in their hearts uh, last week for evangelism, but maybe if, if God has stirred in their heart, church, in, in the, if God has stirred into the heart of our listener to join a church, to be a member, would you mind praying for them? Yeah, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you just so thankful for this this blessing that is the church. Lord, it is a true gift from your hand to be part of your people that are that are committed to your cause, toward your purposes, toward your truth. And God, I pray, I, first of all, I pray for a valley. Lord, I pray that our, our endeavors to be a healthy church, to be a church with a clear membership that is faithful to the scripture, I, I pray that you would honor it that you would unify us more and more as a church so that we can, we can have an incredible impact being the gospel made visible in this community and ultimately to the ends of the earth. And God, I pray for those who are listening, who are, whether they're part of Valley or maybe they're part of a different church, Lord, I pray that they would, they would get connected with the church that really is healthy, that really holds the gospel as, as the key truth that really makes much of Jesus instead of much of ourselves. And Lord, as you do that, I pray that you would help them to commit to that church in a way that honors you and that aligns with that church's mission and, and helps that church, again, proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's where our hope is found. And we thank you that we do have hope in that name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.